0: Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host Angie Azul, and today we carry on playing Dream Apart, a game of belonging outside belonging. Dream Apart transports us to the Shtetl, a small, mostly Jewish town that was common in Eastern Europe in the industrial period. The game takes us to a pocket of history with fantastical elements like the demons and the angels of the unseen world. So, since we first recorded this, our players have gone and done some very exciting things. To start off with, Ben's been working on an exciting new project currently in the works, an interactive fiction game with a very similar setting to Dream Apart. So look for it in the coming year from Choice of Games, or follow Ben on his socials. Or do both. Nextly, The Mists Awakened stream that Ian is GMing is going strong in midst of their Curse of Stroud campaign. And last, but definitely not least, the so very prolific Adira has been doing a whole lot of things, but their most recent thing has been the release of their new RPG, Cars. That's Carnage Automobile Radical Zeta. Yes, that's Cars with a Z. All the links are below, so go check them out. If you haven't listened to episode 0, you can still jump right into this episode, but we do highly recommend that you check episode zero first because it goes into detail about the characters, their relationships, motivations, and the world that this RPG is set in. For anyone who didn't listen to Episode 0, in addition to their characters, Dream Apart has players also take on and embody various setting elements such as the marketplace or the wild forest. By doing so, the player then gets to decide what might happen there, and the goals and the desires inherent to that place and the influence of those places on our characters. Dream Apart is a GM-less game, so this allows for a bit of structure wherein the player who takes on the location kind of becomes the GM, for lack of a better term, of that particular location. If none of this makes sense, well, it's okay. We have faith to transcend words and to communicate through sound. So listen on, fearlessness, listen on. And lastly, Kiwi RPG Week continues until Sunday, 8th of May. There are a bunch of live streams coming up from some of the biggest names in Kiwi RPGs. So far, it's been an amazingly wholesome and fun time. So do join in and check it out. The link to the schedule is in our show notes. And lastly, lastly, we do have a content warning for this episode. Strong language is to come and mature themes as well, such as war. So, without further ado... Let's travel back in time and dive into the wonderful world of Dream Apart. Be it our strength, our wit, our craft. From Faerun to Arkham to Mars, we'll take the quest. Hello everyone, we're back, we're alive, and we are going to be playing Dream Apart. Because this is a new session, why don't we go around introducing our characters again? hello!
1: I'm Adira Slattery. I'm going to be playing Haya the Sorcerer. Haya has earnest eyes and is a Frankist. Frankists are a fun heresy that's all about destroying the social order and causing the apocalypse, you know. Great stuff. All laws must fall. (laughs) Haya has an estranged husband, the Miller, and she talks to the ghost of his wife often. She danced with Lilith. She knows the time and manner of her death, which relates to one of our other characters here. Mm -hmm. And by day, she mostly uh, lives with the family that makes up of Azul, Ian, and Ben's character, and at night goes out and does magic for the goyship peasants. That's awesome. Uh, Let's move
0: on to Ben.
2: So I am playing Avram, the soldier, a survivor with a yearning face who uh, essentially was kidnapped from the shtetl at around 12. Actually set up by his brother, Yaakov, uh, his younger brother, who, who we're going to meet in a moment, who he meant to protect. But uh, in order to save himself, Yaakov had led him straight to the, the hoppers who took him off to war. And so he, he you know, went through brutal training and then many years of being a soldier in the Russian army where he learned dueling, embezzlement and enforcing discipline with brutality. He was a non-commissioned officer and his great forbidden love, Yuri, died in the siege of Sevastopol. He came back with a forbidden book, which I think we'll also hear about possibly. Also, I'm having an affair with Haya.
0: Awesome. Ian.
3: I am Ian, and I'm playing the aforementioned Yakov, who is the klezmer. Uh, the musician, the troublemaker, uh, who calloused hands, and with a outlook of libertine, personal pleasure, and all about his self rather than the community. He spends a lot more time in the goisha world than in the shtetl, where he's learned the fiddle, gambling, and made some connections with a Romanian magician and the lieutenant of the local regiment who took in his brother on
2: request yeah let's go with request
3: <laughs> he's not the nicest young man in the world he's mostly just out for himself
2: partly because he was scarred he was scarred at eight by having to uh, yeah sell out his brother to save himself
3: yeah and uh, is a constant disappointment to his father
0: <laughs> moving on to Isabel
4: I am Gitzel Gitzel is the matchmaker in the shtetl she is an opportunist with sparkling eyes and she owes the Miller money. The Miller is... What's the Miller's name?
3: Do we, we name, name the Miller? I don't know.
2: Maybe uh, <laughs> not.
4: Named- I think we did.
2: I think he's just the
4: Miller. Name so
3: I
2: don't far. think we named the Miller. Izzy, do you want to name the Miller?
4: Sure. The Miller's name is... Herschel, his name is Herschel. She owes the Miller Herschel money, and she has, because of that, tried to ingratiate herself uh, with the Miller as sort of an exchange for this. She's set the Miller up with a wife previously, but it's not going well. (laughs) And so (laughs) the Miller is no longer happy with this arrangement, and that is causing me a lot of stress. My daughter Miriam is also in love with a Goi which uh, is the Romanian magician friend, Victor. And this is causing me a lot of distress and I would like to make sure this doesn't stick in some way or another, whether it is through nefarious means or from matchmaking her with somebody else. I am friends with Chaya who I did set up originally with the Miller, but not going well. And I really would like if Chaya stopped the shenanigans that she's been getting up to (laughs) and became a respectable wife and got back together with her husband, Herschel. It would make my life a lot easier for sure, but also just from a friend perspective, I don't think it's the best path to go down. I'm also friends with the Rebetzin, whose name we've decided is Shaina, and the Rebetzin being the rabbi's wife.
0: Awesome. I will be playing Eli, the scholar, the constantly discerningly methodical individual. His resting face is like quite weary. He always looks weary, even though like he'd wake up in the morning, weary at night, weary all the time. His outlook is he's quite a realist. He's been scorned and disappointed enough times in the past, and now he's a very realistic kind of person. His expertise is in the Gentile sciences and ritual slaughter. He's definitely touched on many bits of um, knowledges in terms of trying to find out the truth. And his great temptation is ultimate knowledge and despair and self-loathing. So he believes that what brings salvation is by decoding the secrets of the book of creation and in terms of relationships he's actually the father of Yaakov and Avram um, who broke his heart and are still continuing to break his heart and he's uh, like sworn rival is Chaya, um, who has been spreading rumors about him
1: should we talk about
0: the last part of our relationship <laughs> <laughs> yeah about so I I, I will be killing Haya in the future <laughs> I don't know this. You don't yeah. know it. No, I don't know this. And you don't know that I'm your <laughs> rival either. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will be killing her and I've failed to ask her forgiveness for this because I don't know this. Uh, but Haya is very aware of this, I believe. Yeah. Um. And, and you're her <laughs>
2: employer at the moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, she's estranged from her husband, and she moved in with you as a housekeeper.
0: Yeah. At the moment, I don't trust Yaakov because I was informed, and he's lied quite a few times about paying attention to his studies when he's just been off with travelers. And uh, but recently, I was informed that he had something to do with uh, Avram's disappearance. In fact, apparently, uh, I'm I'm of the opinion that he is the cause of Avram's disappearance.
2: A correct opinion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know the details. I'm just. Yeah. Didn't Yaakov tell Eli that Avram was dead? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. I believe we wanted to open with the murder of the lieutenant of the regiment.
2: And where is he found? By Victor? Or should we have a scene where characters find him? I
0: think we should have a scene where character, because if we're opening with a... Who would find him? I don't think... Or if
2: Victor finds him, he could bring Yaakov.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. So it would be Yaakov. Who wants to play Victor? I could play Victor for right now.
1: he's like flushed and hurried and runs over to Yakov friend friend um uh, uh, what Maxim is dead no shit huh yeah um come with me
3: takes the, the bow that he was applying rosin to puts it back into his violin case it's
1: like, uh, uh, b- bad traffic anyway alright let's go Splings the case. Yaakov takes you over to a, almost like a, like a rudimentary alleyway in between, uh, where like the Goyesh's peasants' houses are and, uh, like Gindel's house in the synagogue. Okay. That's sort of like barrier between where the Goyesh people live and the shuttle itself. And, uh, in a ditch at the bottom is... Uh, Maxim. I think before uh, we get there, I'll reach out, put my hand onto Victor's shoulder, kind of
3: turn around minute, and say, do you know that you're the first one, if you're the first one to find him? Or if
1: anyone else you saw? Well, I assume the murderer saw. Well, that, that's uh, great. Are you the murderer? I'm, am I, I going to be killed? Well, maybe. That's how these things work. Wait, did you just ask me if I killed Maxim? Is this guy blue? What? I I do not kill. I am, I am
0: a peaceful magician. I do not kill anyone. I'm just... I'm just fucking with you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to say, because we're entering a goish world, uh, does that mean that the goish world uh, setting element comes into Play, or is it just when something particular could be, yeah, happen?
2: I would say everybody should be always sort of browsing their cell element a little to see if some, if you know, definitely the Goyosha world is front and center here. But you mm. know, if um, if someone remembers the dead or longs for something they can't or shouldn't have, that would be a trigger for the unseen world, for instance, or you know. So I mean, there's you know, I
0: was thinking that, yeah,
2: we do know that the hauntings are a problem. They're going to see a dead body. I mean, so the unseen world could step in. So it's not a, uh, it's not strictly zones. It's just sort of like if you want to do something related to but definitely like Izzy should be thinking about the consequences in the Goliath world of the lieutenant being dead right so yeah (laughs) also I mean I was also wondering whether because Ian's playing gossip reputation and there is a trade away when you share a secret so, but I don't know that that's necessarily, you know, I mean, uh, may not be relevant, but if it seems like gossip and reputation are in play, then Ian could give that to somebody else.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think in in this particular scene, I'll give, I'll give that over to someone else.
2: Okay, why don't we, we could trade and then you, because I don't think texts and traditions are coming up for you, right? Nah, nah. So I'll, I'll be gossip and reputation.
3: Ooh. So we get over to the bank and we look on in... Uh, where is where is the body? I think it's it's at the is it like the bottom of a ditch. I'm guessing it I'm I'm picturing it is is at the bottom of a ditch that separates the peasant's house uh from, from like mm. the fields. Okay. Ooh.
4: How does it look like the Lieutenant Maxim was murdered? What does his body look like? In not in like super lots detail, but like is there a, an obvious thing an obvious cause of death.
3: I'm trying to think, like, who who would that be? I think that would be asking to Ben at the moment because that would be a gossip reputation kind of element of the
2: story. Ah, yes. Introduce a scandal that other most must decide to reveal or to cover up. He's been strangled with some kind of fabric which has left indentations in his skin of his neck. He's been dead for a few hours, and he's it's not warm anymore, but he's not rigid or anything. There's this pattern in his neck, like, it seems like that it's, like, Maybe some fabric, like lace or something. Like it's a kind of a distinctive piece of cloth that he's been strangled with. I don't know. We could, we could decide who that points to.
1: Yakov, what what, what what do we do? I am I, not from here. I, I've been enjoying staying here. I would like to not get ridden out of town. Well, you can just leave, which is fine. And he takes a minute and kind of, is
3: kind of thinking about like the repercussions of like, okay, we found a military person dead in a ditch. Looking around... What's, like, the state the state of the ground here? Is it muddy? Is it just dirt-ridden? Are there, like, patches of grass? I think it's,
1: like, dirty and, and messy, and yeah. you're not gonna, like, solve this murder right here.
3: Yeah, he doesn't think so either. <laughs> Good. Turns to you. Let, let's go back into the... And kind of, like, takes you over to the alleyway. Here's the thing. You can run, which is great. If I go and tell you so this, I'm fucked. <laughs> and... He points to his face, points to the violin, points to all of him. Mm-hmm. If either one of us tells anyone about any of this, we're both screwed. He- we need to hide the body we need to make it look like we don't know I've taught you how to lie remember it's not the lie uh, I can lie yeah I can lie well remember
1: yeah. it's, it's not the lie if you believe it no I I, 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 I did not I do not want to run I I there there's a girl here she is very nice you, yes. you have you have heard of women Yakov haven't you I'm a musician of course I have <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> it
3: might just be good for you and you kind of put his hand on, on your shoulder just to get out of town just for a little bit
1: forget about the girl and you no know. I have been to many places. If I leave right after a man has died, then Everyone will assume that I have killed the man, especially if we have been seen with each other. He looks left, looks right, oh. <laughs> uh, so then... if we're both going to stay and pretend we have seen nothing, then we need to stay and pretend we see nothing and just wait for someone else to discover the body. They're bound to see it eventually.
2: So where are you standing? You're standing some distance from the body in the, among the Goyish cabins or in the field or?
1: We moved over by Giddle's house, actually, where we moved. Okay. <laughs> Based off of the man. Oh, In that case.
4: <laughs> yeah, Gietzel, Gietzel is absolutely peeking out the window at this conversation.
3: So now you've been seen together. I'm going to roleplay this like we haven't... Like, yeah, we, we don't, don't know this. that we've We been don't, don't know. No, no. yeah, of course not. Oh, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, of course yeah, not. Yeah.
1: So, so, okay. A man has died. We just both need to stay here and be totally normal. And eventually someone else will find the body. And no one will pin it on us. Because neither of us killed him. Now you're catching on. Yes. No one has killed anyone. No one is dead. Uh, according to uh, what we know. Yeah, just, um, I'll turn you around. Just start saying that to yourself. A little, little bit quieter, it will be, all be
2: okay. As you're having this conversation and hiding behind Gittle's house and unaware that she's listening, you see uh, several inquisitive schoolgirls who are, <laughs> who enjoy coming to Gittle's house for treats and to tell what they've heard, heading, you know, towards Gittle's house from the market square. Oh,
1: he- hello. And we go this way.
2: And they look at you with unabashed <laughs> curiosity.
1: I'll show you some magic letter.
2: Goodbye. <laughs> <Bye-bye.
3: laughs> and I think I'll steer us towards probably the market square of the goys. Hmm get away from the shtetl be like okay
2: okay <laughs> okay i should say it's also good to look at the things you can do because there is a great advantage to oh, yes. doing bad things because you will get tokens so if you yeah. want to if you want this not to work out that's the way to get tokens like the the narrative <laughs> flow is a
0: little like uh,
2: you know It takes a little getting used to that you're not trying to figure out how to get everything to go well because, in fact, Mm -hmm. uh, things not going well is good.
0: I should also add to that that I believe you can make a weak move and gain tokens, but a strong move requires tokens.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. You want to be looking at what kind of moves you have because, and also Giddle, who's now in the scene, because Giddle is listening, you could think about whether you want to do a weak or regular move. Yeah. And, you know, some of the moves take a little bit of thinking ahead. So, like, see one of your schemes go terribly awry. You could either decide that in that moment a scheme goes terribly awry, in which case you're sort of informing us what the scheme was, or asking us what do you think the scheme was, or you couldn't, like, start setting up the scheme, mm-hmm. including telling us, like, okay, so I want my scheme to go awry, so I'm thinking, that you know. So just, just to say mm-hmm. okay. that that's a little bit of the engine of the game.
1: And the other way that you can get tokens is through the lures. For instance, if somebody reveals yes. a
2: secret to Haya,
1: they gain a token.
0: Yeah.
4: How many tokens do we start with? Zero. Okay, cool.
2: So you have to do something. You have to screw up first before you can do all the fun strong moves.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. The Regular moves are free, though, right? If I recall. Yeah.
2: Regular moves are free. And weak moves, you can also do it time, and you get a token. Uh, you get paid for it. <laughs> I think then, as we
3: move away, and we see the girls kind of, like, chittering by, I'll turn around, give a high, and pull out my violins really quick and play, like, a small tune as we're walking away. Just kind of, like, draw hmm. their attention more towards the art, rather than uh-huh. what they might have heard.
2: Right. So, now, they're definitely gathering around. You've caught their attention. They're all, like, pretty fascinated with the whole... Uh, Klezmer and Magician from out of town. So they run up and start chattering at
0: you. Oh my gosh, he's so good.
2: They're like, what are you doing? Where have you been? What have you seen? Tell us
3: everything. I'll start spinning a tale. Ooh, I'll take a story that I remember from my childhood. That's just like little bits and pieces. From what I was, I was supposed to be studying, but kind of just like instead of just paying attention to it half-heartedly, take those elements and start spinning it into a story about maybe about like the forest around here. Maybe like I've seen the, the books of the night and something like that and start playing mm. music around and like do underscoring around that and just spin like this kind of fairy tale for them. Nice.
2: I think we should pause in this pregnant moment where there's all these girl girls around. There's now a crowd is, is gathering near Giddle's house because <laughs> there's an impromptu performance has now started happening and people are starting to come out of their doors. Giddle, are you doing anything? I feel like we should see what Giddle's doing and then maybe yeah. like also see where all the other characters are and like Tune in with them at the beginning of the story. Are you getting involved, Gittle?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, now that this thing has evolved into a performance rather than, um, you know, the, the nefarious activity has finished, I think my plan, because the girls were coming to see me, it was for our, our usual tea and a chat. So I'm going to wait for this to happen, for the sickness to, to subside, and then I'll go and chat with the girls afterward. So I'm just waiting in my house.
2: Okay. So where is everybody else? What is Eli up to?
0: I'm probably walking around in the marketplace looking at things that I believe to be uncouth or, like, non-code, like, basically things I look down <laughs> upon I'm just looking at it and going, that is my morning routine. <laughs> looking Disapproval. Down at things.
2: Your morning routine of disapproving of the market. Yeah, Exactly, yes. hi is
1: about 12 paces behind Eli, um, using this to determine her shopping list.
2: LAUGHTER um, to buy all the things he disapproves of. yeah. <laughs> Just so he I'm can sorry. he can fetch more when he gets back to when he, yeah. when you unpack in his house. What? <laughs> you bought this <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> That dress shows your elbows. That dress shows your elbows. <laughs> and this beat is far too close to the rump. Did you not read in the parasha where it says the Jews will not eat of the hind joint?
0: I'm so like in mid- yeah, I don't even notice this, even though like, you were just right behind me. <laughs> I'm way too, way too into disapproving, you see.
2: And Avram is following behind (laughs) (laughs) guy Because, because, and we haven't established whether Avram is like, come home. I mean, to what extent Avram has come home. I don't think Mm -hmm. we've established that at all. Yeah. 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 Here's what we know. We know that Avram and Haya are already having an affair. Uh And we know Haya is staying at Eli's house. Mm -hmm. Mm. And is Yaakov staying with his father or is Yaakov... No, he's not.
4: Where does Yaakov live?
2: Uh, And and where is Victor living? I think Yaakov is staying... Is there an inn? There could be like a tavern, yeah, or something. Yeah. Maybe there's an inn. Should we add an inn? Sure. Yeah. An inn.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, somebody drawing in. I think he's staying in the inn. Yeah. And has the, probably a deal with
3: someone there of like, oh, I'll... Play for a room. Sure, sure.
4: Speaking of taverns and inns, a little tangent. Have you heard about the um, Shalom Aleichem novel that was recently discovered and translated? The one that yes. hadn't been added to the original collection? Oh. What is it called? Muscula Ganev mm. is what it's called. Okay. It's about Moskila, the Ganev, the, the thief. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a, a novel that apparently they think they might have not put it in the original collections because it was more about the underclass and the working class. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was set mainly in an inn. Like, it talks about Jewish people and Jewish women working in, you know, behind the bar and stuff, which at the time would have been considered very unladylike and scandalous. And it actually, you know, has Goyish and Jewish relations as being like a relatively positive thing in the like <laughs> relative positive relations happening in this book but anyway yeah so a tavern uh, apparently would have been very um looked down yeah, upon yeah. but people definitely worked them yeah
2: another like economic tidbit of that is that the polish nobles had figured out that, and the Russians too, but you know, it's probably still like Poles who own the land around here, like the Polish baron owns the fields and everything. And like, you know, having your peasants grow crops is one thing. Having your peasants grow crops, taking them, having them distilled by Jews into alcohol and selling them back to your peasants is even better deal. Like that's like, (laughs) like (laughs) if you really want to, you know, there's a lot of value add. They were quite fond of Jewish distillers and tavern keepers as a way of converting their, this bulky goods that go bad quickly, to like durable high quality goods that are like higher margin
0: we can make the tavern keeper a polish woman then <laughs> just to stay with them.
4: that's yeah.
2: possible too yeah mm-hmm. yeah but there were a lot of jews that on taverns but it could be that yeah it could be that that it's a polish woman owns the inn that would be cool
4: mm-hmm. yeah oh uh, yeah i was thinking of like um the jewish workers there but it could be owned and operated by different people it doesn't have to be a family business
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean it could be that the jews are running it, but it's actually, they don't own it. Yeah, but then it's owned Mm -hmm. by the... Yeah, yeah. And the Polish, she could either be like a peasant who made it good, because some peasants did get richer, or she could be like, related to the nobles, but like fallen on hard times, kind of a Jane Austen character. <laughs> like, she's not actually living in the Baron's house, but she has like this tavern as yeah, her source yeah. of income because she's like, you know, the third cousin or something yeah, that like yeah. no longer mm-hmm. has any land. Tavern owner, just for, just for her name, is Marta Slavsky. Nice. Marta Slavsky, who's impoverished gentry. Marta. Yeah,
1: that fits with our market themes too.
2: So that's where Yaakov and Victor are staying. Mm-hmm. Here's a proposal. This may contradict some of what we said in the backstory, so feel free to overrule me. But, like, what if Avram has not really 100% come back? Like, there's sort of rumors of him coming back, but he's actually sleeping in the field. Oh, (laughs) I like that. idea. The reason he's having an affair with Haya is because he's, like, obsessively watching the house. Like, he sort of wants to come back and both confront his... Like, we do have textually that he wants that he wants to kill Yaakov because the boy <laughs> whose heart you're broke, wants to kill you. So, like, he's plotting his revenge against... You know, he's finally been released from the army or run away. I don't know. He may be AWOL. But he's come back and he's, like, finally made it back to the shuttle that he left at 12. And he's furiously plotting revenge on his brother and also doesn't know how he feels about seeing his father again. So he's just, like, watching the house at night. And as we know, Chaya... Leaves the house at night to go do frankest, heretic witch things. Mm -hmm. So, like... I think that makes the most sense. They had some confrontation in which, you know, their relationship developed. So, possibly, he's now, like, in disguise in the market square following (laughs) Kaya. You know, she basically came out in the night for frankest rituals with benefits and then, <laughs> and then avram is it has like not slept since then he's been like up like watching the house dressing, and then when they leave to go to the market first eli and then kaya he's tailing them i'm not sure that Avram even needs a disguise he left at 12 and now he's like a russian soldier yeah, yeah. he's in a russian soldier's uniform without a beard like you know, yeah. he doesn't even look like a Jew, really. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't actually need a disguise.
1: That would be the most thing he might need a disguise is if he doesn't want to be walking around looking like not a Jew
0: in this channel.
2: Yes, yes. No, but I think maybe everybody's like, okay, the Russians are here. We got to. Yeah. I guess we should ask who's playing the market.
0: I am. Okay. Adira. So I
2: think we should ask the market. How often do Russian soldiers come to the market?
1: (laughs) I think because of the uncomfortable bargains desire, Russian soldiers Mm. are pretty often in the market.
2: Yeah, Uh. yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's maybe like an outpost or a garrison or a camp not too far away and they come to the market and... Yeah. So I have showed up, but I think probably I'm on the run. Like it is a little dangerous for me to be here because I am actually absent without leave. I am not done with my 25 years of Russian <laughs> after the six <laughs> years of cantonal school. That would make me pretty old anyway. That would make me like, what, yeah. 18 plus 25? I'm probably not that old. Because I think you said Eli's only... No,
0: it was way before 18 that you disappeared. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I but I was 18 and then it's six years of cantonal school. So I actually, my 18, right. my 25 years of military service start when I'm 18, even though they stole me at 12 right so i unless i'm 33 i'm awol is basically what i'm saying you're definitely awol
0: yeah i think you're awol yeah i'd I'd say mid-20s is probably like mid-late 20s
2: Yeah, and then Eli's probably, like, in his 40s. Exactly, yeah. So I'm back, and I should not be here, um, and I should not be showing my face in the day because there are other Russian soldiers here who might ask oh. what unit I'm with or whatever, but I am kind of obsessed. <laughs> That's what's going on there.
0: Have we finished the scene with, uh, with Yaakov and
2: Who finds the body while the performance is going on?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it should be the rebates,
2: <laughs> Okay, yes. I think, like, she was... China.
1: Yeah, I think Shina maybe was like out on like a walk or something and was like walking back into Mm -hmm. town and
2: uh, sees it and screams. Right. So Yaakov and Gittel hear the scream from the (laughs) fields.
4: And Gittel, of course, gets out of her house to run towards that. What is happening?
2: Yaakov, what do you guys do? Yeah,
3: I think on instinct. Finish out the song.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> screaming, and you're like, None no, of no, no.
2: <laughs> Yeah, the, the schoolgirls are kind of distracted. They're like, Look, listening to the song, but they're also the, somebody screaming. Actually, some of them feel like it's just ambiance for the song. Like, you're telling this Dibbuck <laughs> story, it's getting to the scary part. The, there's a scream. They scream too. They're like, Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Gitto, like you, you hear, like screams all around. The schoolgirl's like, oh, this is, this is part of his performance. We should scream as well. Okay. Ah!
2: Gittle heads past. The schoolgirls are like, where's Gittle going? So, you finish out your performance and then what? Kind of just wait it out, watch everyone start to move
3: and begin packing up slowly <laughs> and then make myself scarce. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So, that is uh... <laughs> fair enough.
1: So, Gittle, what do you do when you come on and pond the rebates and screaming next to a body?
4: Shaina, what are you making this din for? What has happened? Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, child. What is going on? The man is dead. I'm going to look towards... Um, is Shaina pointing? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look towards... Oh, that is certainly a dead man.
1: <laughs> he is in a ditch.
4: Uh, Okay, I'm going to look around. Is anybody else coming towards the scene? You're
5: playing
2: the Glacier World. Maybe we should give away the Glacier World. Unless we want somebody to come from somewhere else. All right, I'm going to make a bold move here, and I'm putting down the Gospel reputation and picking up the wild forest. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Not that near the wild. It's on the other side of the inn from here. And I am going to... So there is someone... We haven't had anything supernatural yet but we're perfectly fine with it right like we're not trying to keep we're not trying to avoid it Mm. no um so uh magic 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 (laughs) (laughs) so there is something green that looks like a little like it could be a spider but it looks kind of like a little moss covered person with very gnarly like limbs Crawls out of the dead man's pocket, Ah! (laughs) (laughs) and like sees you, and scampers off into the grass.
4: Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Me? You get it? (laughs) (laughs) Cool,
3: cool. The girls are like come up and around and are around.
4: What's
0: going
1: on? Girls, get get the
4: thing. (laughs) There's a thing. Ah <laughs> w- what thing Is it going to be dangerous if I try and and follow the thing
2: That's it Yes and that'll be great
4: <laughs> <laughs> No no I meant like is the ditch like you know, is the ditch, like, really... Oh, is the
0: ditch, um... Yeah.
4: It's large enough to
0: have, like, a human body, right, (laughs) considering?
4: (laughs) I just mean, like, would Gitzel be like, yes, I could try and follow this thing, physically? Sure.
2: I feel like Gitzel could be like, I I control this thing, given that the wild forest is sort of beckoning you. I mean, it's not a canyon, you know, it's a ditch, like, it's a a drainage ditch, it's... You might get a little muddy.
4: Yeah, okay. Alright, I'm gonna hoist up my skirts and, and try and follow the little mossy creature.
2: So, I guess you're Poking your nose into other people's business.
4: <laughs> I am. I am Pokemon that's, Nose. That's a regular business. move.
2: I don't know if you want to um, make a weak move. I mean, accidentally encountering the unseen world is a weak move. Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there.
4: Yep, I could accidentally encounter the unseen world.
2: Ooh, okay. Sounds good. Somebody got a token.
4: Hooray! <laughs> one token for me!
2: So Azul, you're the Unseen World. I am the
0: Unseen World.
2: And I'm the Wild Forest, so we're kind of tag teaming this. Yeah. Oh, I've got to circle things for the Wild Forest, by the way, because I, I picked it up.
0: You got to what?
2: I have to circle two desires of the of the oh, Unseen yes, World. Oh
0: yes, you do. What desires? Let's, let's do that first. And yeah.
2: I'm going to circle...
0: I know which one I want you to circle. Human flesh and bone. <laughs> yes! Oh my god.
2: <laughs> And found family. Ooh, Human flesh and bone and found family. There's a an interesting juxtaposition there. Everyone loves a family of skeletons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make the move of, I think, enter into someone's perceptions, recollections, appetites, and unconscious associations. So what happens is, I think, looking around as you do and seeing this like clearly unearthly formed thing, like weird thing moving, you kind of hear a voice that you recognize immediately. And that is Yaakov's voice. It's ghostly. And it's, like, all around you or inside of your mind. You're you not really sure, but you kind of hear him saying, Did you kill this person? You hear words from just, like, recent past. And you hear Victor's voice as well, so you kind of hear, like, echoes of their voices.
2: He's the guy your daughter was running, running off with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, the same words kind of echoing. And then, like, that kind of devolves, like, the fully formed sentences devolve into just the words like, Kill, kill, or, like, die. And... Just, you know, the words of just focused words that they've said. And it kind of fades away.
4: Okay.
2: So you, you see the little thing running down the ditch, right? And you're like running after it, following it. And you can smell the this sort of deep musk of the forest. Like it's sort of intoxicating. And, uh, you know, it's like old moss and, and loam and like the mushrooms that grow under the, you know, the, the, the shadow of the pines and everything. And even though you're you were standing in a relatively ordinary place, I mean it's muddy and dirty out by the peasant cottages, but it's the sunlit world. But as you go farther down the ditch, you sort of it, it feels like more overgrown and ancient. And you even though this is very improbable, you feel like you lose your way and you end up crossing into the wild forest. You actually are so like focused. I mean, unless you want to make a move or something, I would suggest that the way things are heading, feel free to jump in, that you are so uh, focused on the creature and sort of drawn in, and also the voices of the unseen world, that you actually cross the road without noticing it and enter the wild forest. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, okay.
2: Do we want to pause in that cliffhanger and move the plot of everybody else forward? or, Or also, Yaakov may observe this. I don't know if... We want to keep going with what Yakov sees, or
0: does Yakov leave the scene? Yeah, like are you? Oh, uh, he's gonna take
3: the regular move, um, bolt for the nearest exit, which would be <laughs> down the road and towards probably the inn. And I would, I would think that Gittle as you leave the fields, uh, you can see out of your, out of your peripheral Yakov moving quickly over towards the inn, and maybe you lock eyes with him, maybe you don't, but you see him look up at you and just look down and move closer
1: towards the back of the inn. Oh Yeah, and maybe it's. As you like turn to try and follow him, even that that's what lets you, gets you lost into the forest.
4: Okay. Yeah. I'll turn to try and follow him and get lost.
1: So
3: uh, Yaakov goes through to the and goes through the back entrance and into the kitchen and smells of the kitchen of those foods kind of fill the air and he d- dives on in looking back. And does he see Gittle? No, because she's in the woods. He'll breathe <sighs> and head on in through, through the back way into the inn and
1: exit the scene.
2: Okay, I feel like maybe we should leave that cliffhanger. I think so too. Yeah, and find out what's happening in the market square and things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel, you want to play the market and swap with me super fast? Yep, sounds good. Cool.
3: I've also picked up Crossbin Traditions again, <laughs> Reputation
1: again. I think as we're leaving the market, we will probably find out hear, out, hear about the dead body. Oh,
4: um, yeah. well, if you're going oh. back to Eli's house, it's not that far from the. Scene.
0: yeah mm. maybe the girls who like who are just talking kind of like are in the market now and they're just gossiping about
2: telling everybody yeah, just, yeah did you see
0: the dead body like oh my gosh there's a dead body this is the first dead body i've seen how about you there's uh, also a que-
2: <laughs> like question of what, what the rabbitson does so gittle was there but then gittle ran off that's true <laughs> and she rushes back and i feel like maybe what should happen is that Who would be Shainan right now? Gossip and reputation. Yeah. Mm.
3: I think she would run back to her home.
4: Yeah. I think Shainan would want to tell the rabbi first and foremost, because the rabbi is the one who really legally governs the shtetl, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. would be, so the rabbi Mm -hmm. should know first before the goyim do.
1: Which means she has to pass through the market square. So,
2: (laughs) yeah. What's the rabbi's name? I
4: don't think we said it. Yeah, we Okay,
1: let's let's pick a rabbi.
4: Rabbi Yitzhak. Yitzhak, Yitzhak. Okay,
5: Rabbi Yitzhak.
3: So Shayna starts running back to the synagogue with the little girls in tow. It's like, come on, come on, girls. Like, you don't need to see this. And, but they're fascinated by it. And she runs into the synagogue to go tell uh, the rabbi. Whereas the girls, they want to tell as many people as, as they know about it and just go straight into the market square.
2: Okay. I'm making a weak move, uh, which is demand an explanation from someone. So I'm taking a token. And the person I'm demanding an explanation from is rebbetson as she goes from the goings peasant house to the synagogue i was over there in the market square but then i hear everybody i hear this business about a dead body which of course is rather frightening it's in fact i heard it's a soldier right uh, yeah like somebody said a soldier is dead and i uh, get very upset about this so then i demand to her and you know in my mind i'm just like asking the nearest person but of course she doesn't even know I'm a Jew. I'm just a Russian soldier. Although I do say it in Yiddish,
0: so that's a little confusing. <laughs> but, it's just like a stimulus overload for her. It's like a little like...
2: stimulus overload. Yes, <laughs> Chena is heading back for the synagogue, and I'm like, "What's this about a dead soldier? Explain yourself."
0: Well, well, well um, we just we just saw some like a dead. There was a dead soldier like n- n- south of here, and like there's a crowd and everything.
2: Well, well, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm going to confuse the present with the horrors of the past. (laughs) 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 So I am immediately, I mean, I kind of know on some level intellectually that this, you know, we're far from the war and whatever. But like, you know, that's immediately like a a shock to my brain, like a dead soldier, you know, like somebody killed somebody. So I like pull out my
0: gun. (laughs) I, the, the girl screams at this. Help
2: me! I head towards the dead body. Like, I figure there's... Like, I'm back in Sevastopol, man. I'm just like, we gotta take cover. We've gotta... I'm like, you know, so I'm, I'm yelling to move. I'm heading down towards the Goyasha Peasant's house. That probably attracts the attention from Kaya and Eli as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. If it's at the borders of the market, we definitely hear, and we, at at least I would like, I'm sure Hai would as well. But I think we both like, what? What? (laughs) What's going
3: on? Are we good to say that as word reaches kind of the ears of the entire market square, they're all drawn in by the fact that a soldier is found dead and like there's like just a mob moving towards this scene
2: (laughs) it's just like a mob heading yeah although now there's a guy with his gun out running that direction so that might you know depending that might have an influence on the mobs you know (laughs) like curiosity versus self-preservation
0: who's uh doing goish uh adira so yeah like what what effect does it have adira (laughs) like a guy with a gun followed by two other people I
1: think the, the goyship peasants have started to like come out as well with the commotion. And uh, most of them are like, oh, good. A soldier is coming to, to come deal with this when they see Avram. And then they probably also start to like assemble when they see this mob. Like, oh, are we going to have to beat this mob off of this dead person? Mm. So I think the, the peasants are like ready for a conflict.
2: Yeah. And what is Eli doing? And what is Haya doing?
0: Eli is closely following this young russian soldier with a gun out running away after seemingly causing a girl to like scream out in fright like he wants to know like what is this like
1: something is afoot kai is right there with him uh except uh, she knows who this russian soldier is and she's probably beckoning the mob to come
0: <laughs> eli is still oblivious that hai is following him <laughs> like, he's- so, like, focused on what's going on. Yeah. What does Avram do when he approaches the, like, Adira, like, what happens, does the crowd open up for uh, Avram, or, like, does it still... I I would say the Goyesh Peasants probably open up for Avram, but I don't know that they open up
2: for sort
1: of the mob in general.
2: So Avram, you know, is kind of in the... I mean, he's definitely having a flashback. But he, tenna, he, he he starts when he sees the Gayia peasants, but then they kind of they're clearly sort of parting, looking to him and everything. So he like commandeers them. Now that he's in his flashback, he's barking orders in Russian, so he's like, "You with me, you know." And he <laughs> takes Russia? them down to the fully, you know, not fully understanding what's going on.
1: The Gaish world is more than happy to have some hierarchy and order, right
2: <laughs> <laughs> So he gathers them and he, he takes them down to, the, to Maxim's corpse. And then he... Where is everybody else? Are They're still following. Like the whole crowd is following? Okay.
0: Given how far Haya and um, Eli are, I imagine they'd arrive there like maybe a couple of minutes after um, Avram kind of looks at and thing so Mm
2: -hmm. I didn't even realize that draw a weapon was my regular move when I drew my weapon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think
3: Avram as you go over to the body Mm -hmm. as gossip and reputation I'm going to make the move you see that it is the man that took you into Oh, my God. The service and offer someone an opportunity to condemn, forgive, rebuke, redeem, or exclude.
2: Oh, wow. That's spicy.
3: <laughs> you see the strangle lines on his neck. You see the open eyes as no one has let them close since the and stranglements you see colors left his face you see his hands are gaunt and open and like looked like they were reaching out to fend off whoever it was but you see no bullet wound you see no sign of immediate death looks like this was long prolonged and painful
2: Hmm. okay i feel like i'm gonna accidentally encounter the unseen world so I guess that will be up to the un- whoever's playing unseen world to tell me what that means. But like I- I'm like I'm like all right, you there? Come over here. We're gonna get the body. And then I see his face. I realize who it is. And I like stop dead still. And like my trauma is now redoubled because it's the guy who took me.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to use the move enter someone's perceptions, recollections, appetites, and unconscious associations. And I'm gonna give you some paranoia here. So I think what happens is that the unseen world, it's almost. like like it feels your anxiety, so it kind of brings about it like in a very visceral way. You smell the gunpowder and the trenches, you hear the shouts of your fellow soldiers, and you genuinely feel like you're in the midst of battle, and I think for a moment you imagine the lieutenant still alive and giving commands, and then you're back, and he's dead it's kind of like you're being wrenched out of reality and then shoved in again. Cool.
2: So I'm absolutely horrified, and I I burst out crying. Like, (laughs) tears come to my eyes. I'm, like, terrified. I'm back into my... I'm a child again for a moment. Hmm. And forgetting all of what's happened so far to bring me to this point or or who I've become, I turn to Eli, my father, (laughs) 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 and I shout in Yiddish, but it's still like a random Russian soldier shouting this at yep. you. <laughs> I shout, who did this? Who did this? I am uh, coming to you for knowledge. I've got an your interpretation of the law. I'm using your lure. So I'm like, I want you to solve this problem with your scholar- skill. So I, I get a token for using you your token. lore. Yes. yes. So
0: Eli is definitely confused as to why this random Russian is, freak is like screaming at him at, in Yiddish, but yes. he, he, he's, he's he's quick to calm. And I think he, he looks at the situation and says, calm down, child. Let's take a look. Let's, I think he's definitely a bit shaken as well. And he, and he approaches the dead body and like uh, examines it, just looking for any information as to uh, who may have done it or how this may have happened. Um, and he, very quickly recognizes that it's a Russian soldier. And he looks back at the, like at the Ever and says, did you know this man?
2: Yes. Yes, I knew this man. Yes, he was the one who took me. Yes. Who killed him?
0: I'm going to act with rigid dogmatism and resentment. And I think I'm not a particular fan of the Russians. <laughs> mm. And I'm going to respond with, well, he was a soldier, and you know how Russian soldiers can be, you are one as well. You're always killing, killing about, killing all the time, so it could have just been one of your group here to make a mess of things again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. What is Haya doing? I
1: think Haya is sort of like looking at all of this unfold, is thinking like, hmm, should I like offer a comforting hand? to Avram or nah, let's just see how this plays out. (laughs) And I think at the like, whoa, is it like a soldier who did this? I think Haya is going to do a regular move. And uh, listen in on the gossip of spirits to try and hear a little bit around what's what's, what's going on over here.
3: Chaya, out of the corner of your eye, while all these whispers are going on and perhaps you attune to the whispers around you of the common folk and -hmm. push past and draw upon that similar sensation Mm -hmm. and go into the unseen world, you hear... Someone should, someone should get Giddle, and you see a pair of the schoolgirls run over to Giddle's house, knock on the door, and I, then you see them turn to each other, whisper, and they start looking around the area, and they start making their way over towards the inn and the and the wild forest to where Giddle ran off to, because they didn't leave the
1: scene until after Giddle ran after the thing. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, as high as like attuning to all of these things, she is going to try and like see if she can pick out the dead man, Maxim.
4: I'm going to say, yeah, totally. You can. Um, so Maxim sort of you, you start to perceive a hazy image of Maxim floating near his body. And mm-hmm. um, it's starting to become a little bit more solid. Um, the being starts to—it looks like it's looking around a little bit, a little bit hazy, uh, unsure, but it's there.
1: Haia is going to sort of lean towards it, and hopefully, without notice from everyone else, as hopefully they're focused more on Avram and Eli. They are. You're—you're you're dead. Do you know why? I,
4: uh, I was—I was gonna go to the. The church. Oh,
1: and what were you going to do?
4: I was meeting someone. We were gonna meet my my daughter. She was gonna get married. I, we were gonna gonna arrange the. Oh, uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not ready to go. I have things to do.
1: Well, sorry, but you're dead. Um, so <laughs> I would suggest getting used to it sooner rather than
4: later. <laughs> wow. Who killed me? Why am I? Did I, someone killed me, I think. Well, that is the question.
1: Did you see them?
4: Yes, I I tried to fight him off. Him, him, I think. Him,
1: all right,
0: that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the sassy sorcerers.
4: What are you doing to me? I need to go to heaven. I, I. I prayed every night of my life. I should be going to heaven now. What are you doing? You can't keep me here. <gasps>
1: i'm doing nothing you're keeping yourself here no um now
4: no i've repented i spent one moment
1: just 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 calm down just calm down just breathe Or, or whatever you do
4: i can't feel any air
1: well um here's the thing you're a ghost so how about you try and communicate with someone who's not me him. Uh, and I'm going to invite a spirit to possess someone you care about.
4: What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is who? That's the question. Which is...
4: Could be Avram.
1: That is that is who I meant. Yes, Avram. <laughs> mm. uh, now, try and communicate with him, perhaps. Um, you, you're both soldiers, see? Uh, maybe
4: you could have something in common. Okay, all right. So the the spirit is going to enter Avram.
0: Okay. Does the spirit enter Avram before or after I basically insult all Russian soldiers? (laughs) At the same moment. (laughs) Clearly at the same moment.
2: Like you you (laughs) say, probably one of you killed him, and then the spirit goes (sighs) right into Avram. (laughs) And Avram... What do I see? How do you approach me, is he
4: So the spirit turns to Avram and um, he recognizes him. And he's a, a Russian soldier and he feels a kinship there. And as he's thinking that, it, it starts to become drawn towards the spirit. When they're so close that they're nearly touching, Avram is able to suddenly perceive this ghost. Mm. He feels a, a presence. He feels... A little bit colder and then he starts to see the face of the man but it doesn't look dead anymore it's how he looked when he was alive yeah he sees it sort of in front of him but also sort of just in his mind's eye
2: okay so avram from what eli and all the peasants see the peasants might i don't know I- more of a gossip request, reputation or a Goyish world thing, but I wonder what the peasants think about this <laughs> Yiddish-speaking soldier and Eli yelling at each other.
3: But anyway... I think at, at that point, this is when the the rabbi breaks through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. He shows up. He starts mm. like, pushing the people, like, go back to your homes. We'll take care of this. And they start to disperse. And then left in the scene are uh, Yitzhak, probably Avram, Eli, and most, I'm guessing, Chaya, do you stick around as people are kind of like, yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. at you.
2: The question is, do the goyship peasants going to listen to the rabbi? He might disperse uh, the, I don't know, Does he, or is he going to? I don't think they do.
1: I think the goyship Pe- peasants are starting to disperse just because the general crowd is dispersing, but there are still a number of them lingering around.
3: I think he, like, looks at Chaya, kind of narrows his eyes, regards her, and then... <laughs> Looks at the situation.
2: I mean, while the rabbi is showing up, let, let me just uh, react to the spirit. So I, I just wanted to see what was going on there. Feel free to jump in as the rabbi. But I am actually going to ask the spirit. First, I'm going to ask the spirit, what do you remember about me from before? Which is a regular move. I look into the spirit's eyes and I'm I'm overcome. And I'm like, you took me, I say aloud.
4: <laughs> and you're better for it. Oh,
2: Wow. the other thing i'm gonna ask which is a weak move of the spirit
4: as i I feel like the
2: spirit is sinking into me and like i'm getting more and more like i'm sort of believing the voice it's like a voice in my head telling me that i was wrong to come back the only thing left for me is war and i say to the spirit whose motives should i second guess right now
4: pastor theodore second guess father theodore's motives
0: okay all this time Avram is just shouting out these things and so like you know I was like soldier are you are you okay is, is is everything good
4: he would be shouting it in russian wouldn't he would we understand what he's saying
0: yeah i guess i was talking to the lieutenant in yeah, russian yeah so you would be yeah. in russian so yeah. i mean you are shouting either way so i, I definitely you definitely just approaches and he's like did i hurt your feelings
2: so avram is going to i think i just go stone-faced and I'm listening to the voice in my head now about the, the ghost, which is telling me this yeah. Yeah. and I just turn and without a word I head for the church and Father Theodore.
3: Well, the rabbi knows he has no jurisdiction or power over the soldiers, but he does have, have influence over the, the Jewish people in the, in the shtetl and it's like, okay, let's protect all this. I think he'll, he'll call down to Eli.
0: Everything okay down there? We have a dead body and soldiers in the shtetl. So, no, nothing is okay. Oh. <laughs> as the rabbi looks around,
1: Haya is not there, and I'm going to do a strong move called Move Unseen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I will show up later. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> uh, Adira, I have a question for you. When do the soldiers of the area show up as part of the Goyish world? Mm.
1: Ooh. So there's been a commotion. Some of the goyship peasants have left. Uh, some of the other ones are still here. And I think they went and got somebody from, like, one of them went to go talk to, like, the household of the baron mm-hmm. or something. And so there's probably, like, a couple of them on the horizon, like, heading this way. They're just sort of tromping right across the field, not not giving a shit.
0: I was going to say, in that case, I'm going to not say what I just said to the rabbi until they arrive Thus using a weak move essentially and attracting unwanted attention i basically nice. just shout out to everybody there's a dead body and we've got soldiers in the shuttle of course nothing is right <laughs>
2: <laughs> i have a follow-up question for the question world so you said they they went to the manor so are these russian soldiers who were staying at the manor or are they other possibility, like the Polish nobles' personal guard, so maybe like a, a third force. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's make them a third force. Why not?
2: <laughs> like, like the Polish guard yeah. of the, you know, kind of uneasy relationship with the actual Czarist soldiers. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. They would have belonged to the Polish army before this place was conquered. Oh you know, yeah. So, so
0: it'll hurt them most to just refer to them as like, yeah, yeah, unwanted. <laughs> or like, yeah. Oh yes. I think as the
1: as the soldiers like arrive, they see dead body. There's a Jew next to the dead body. There's a rabbi up there.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, if, if they're coming in from the horizon, talk uh, will look down to Eli and say, it's best if we're not seen over here next to the body. We should at least...
0: To, to that, Eli, I, I just look around, see the Polish soldiers coming, and then point at them and say, you mean because they're coming? <laughs> <laughs> Scene change, Giddle
3: is in uh, the forest, chasing after this thing, and so are the two girls
2: that wanted to go find her. So you're following the creature in the, into the wild forest, right?
4: That's right, hmm
2: And what are you thinking and feeling as you do
4: that? I am feeling very unsafe. I don't go into the forest ever. I know Haya likes to come in here, my friend, but I don't approve of that, and I'm a little scared that I might find out exactly what she's doing in here if I venture too far.
2: You know, the forest is usually very dense. Like there's definitely like paths that go through and there are areas where there's hunting and stuff. Like you know, there's, there's some there's some rambles where the, lore, where the baron like goes, you know, fox hunting or whatever. But a lot of it is just really unusable like swamp and bracken and everything. There's a lot of part that like, you know, people chop wood at the edges, but like it's just not worth going into the really deep parts. But since you're following this little creature, which is always sort of just a little bit in front of you, It seems like it's opening up. Places that are usually just completely inaccessible and tangled with Bracken are like, you're not sure they're moving? Like they don't seem to move when you look at them, but you know, as you get deeper in, like as it, through the twists and turns, it feels like there's just like these passages deep into the forest. And you, you stumble into a clearing and the little creature runs across the clearing and crawls up onto what at first seems to be like a very overgrown with moss tree trunk log thing, like sort of maybe this is its home, a big old ramshackle like r- mossy thing, except that as the creature climbs up into its lap, the tree trunk like lifts its mossy head. Wow. It's like a very large moss covered woody kind of creature. And it says to you, what do you seek?
4: I, I was following the, that thing. Hmm. What is it?
2: It reaches down and strokes the head of the little spidery wooden thing, which is nestled in its lap, and it says, This is one of mine.
4: One of your children? Who are
5: you? Uh,
4: my name is Gitel. I live in the, the village nearby. Who are you?
5: You also have children.
4: I do. I, I have a daughter, Miriam.
5: Is she also gone astray?
4: In a way. She's in love with a, a traveler boy. A Goyish boy from goodness knows where. A magician of all things.
5: It is hard when they go astray. It is. I can help you if you bargain with me.
4: What would the bargain be?
5: I am here alone. Once there were many others. Now I am lonely.
4: You want more of you?
5: I have only my little ones.
4: Well, I mean, can we build you? Like, are you... Is something we can create?
5: I would not know how, but perhaps you could bring me some company. Perhaps someone to stay with me, tell me stories.
4: I see. Well, I, I am the best matchmaker in town. I'm the only one. I know lots of people who are great with stories. Are you a male tree or a female tree? <laughs>
5: what is that?
4: Yes, of course. Um, well, would you prefer a male companion or a female companion?
5: I don't really know what those words mean.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, if it's a female companion, she would wear dresses and cover her hair. And if it's a male companion, he would have a beard and be away reading books a lot.
5: So the difference is where they grow their... You call this moss hair?
4: Yes. Where Uh, they grow their
5: (laughs) hair moss.
4: Where they grow their hair moss, yes. And the decorations and the adornments uh, that they put on their body.
5: And whether they read the books.
4: Yes. Mm -hmm. Whether they study the books, that's right.
5: Which kind tells better stories?
4: Well, we all tell good stories.
5: I don't think I I care particularly where the moss grows.
4: Okay. Okay, yes. All right. I'll find you someone who tells good stories. And you want
2: her not to love this traveler. I do want that. So he, uh, or it, reaches up these spindly, long, like, crooked fingers of its hand and reaches over over to its shoulder and like picks a handful of red berries and like holds
5: them out to you what are these those who eat these will not love anyone they will not love who they love now
4: okay Uh, i take the berries
0: oh my gosh this is like plot twist fodder
4: i'll find you a storyteller thank
5: you my little ones may watch you until you do
4: that's okay um that's perfectly fine. I will get that done for you post-haste. Yep.
5: <laughs> I hope it works well with your little one. Mm,
4: thank you. I also uh, hope so. I'm sure, yes, it will.
5: Hard when they go astray.
4: It is. Okay. I'm gonna get right on that now.
2: It turns to its lap and it's, it, it picks up the little spidery thing and says, show her the way out. Places it on the ground before you. And it scampers off <laughs> heading back <backwards> for <laughs> the stuff. Oh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm going to follow the little green thing, Um, stuff the the berries in my pocket and (laughs) follow the little green thing.
3: (laughs) Yaakov is in his attic of a room. It's not even a room that the inn offers. It's a, a hollowed out space that once held long, long fermented wine. So every as soon as he opens up the trap door to go up to the room, it smells of fermented berries and grapes and possibly desecrated rats because they make their way up <laughs> there and die there, much like Yaakov's future. Um, but he goes, up, <laughs> he goes up the ladder uh, goes over to a ripped apart, poorly made bedroll and pulls out from under under it a dusty loaf of bread. Picks off a few pieces of the dust, bites down, and it's not soft at all. And it's like, hmm. Throws it against the wall and lands on the floor. And he pulls out his violin to harmonize with his gurgling belly. <laughs> and the sound of the violin wafts. Out of a small uh, frosted window that's cracked open to let in some natural air and light, I was actually wondering this can be an ac- a moment to accidentally encounter the unseen world as he's practicing. As
1: he's practicing. I could pick up the unseen world
0: yeah yeah go for
2: it yeah accidentally encounter the unseen world is take a token right yeah so so as you're as you're
1: playing your music um and it's it's rolling out over the countryside around the shtetl you look out over the town and feel a little voice sort of worm its way into your ear are you ever not lying oh the music changes
3: And uh, it goes from this somber melody and starts doing these double stops, which on a violin when you're you're playing two notes at the same time. And it's almost like communicating that he feels like he's living two lives. And uh, as he moves, one goes up and up and up while the other one just begins to turn into an open string, like it's falling away, falling away to that openness to a void within the sound, within the music itself, even though the two lives are still playing, the two notes almost to communicate, to tell the unseen world that always living between those t- those two notes, those those two strings.
1: Well, look at what your lies have wrought, and you're sort of pulled out of your body for a moment, and you feel yourself looking above the the shtetl from the air and you see your brother marching across the ground and you, you know that that is your brother.
2: With his gun out.
1: And <laughs> you see him heading towards the church, a soldier marching through the shtetl. The music goes from that
3: high, those two points, the high note and the low, and the lower open string, and goes down to uh, the G-string, the, the, the very the very bottom of it. Uh, I think he's actually going to detune it down to C um, as well, almost
1: like saying that like he's just dropping and dropping and dropping, almost to communicate, yes. You feel your perception swish again as you see you're looking at Maxim's body, and it seems like you're looking out from Maxim's eyes as you're laying in a ditch. Standing next to you is your father. And above, at the top of the ditch, is the rabbi and the baron's soldiers. Uh, and your father is pointing at them as you lay dead in this ditch. He'll stop playing and take his violin, uh, take the
3: head and put it against his head, and the bow drops onto the ground. And but I think at that point he'll just kind of say out into nothing, stop the music, and bare his soul and say, "It's better than living as constant disappointment." And start crying.
1: You are a disappointment. You're a Ganif and drek. <sighs> and you feel the voice leave you as you are crying in your room.
3: He puts everything away and he spacks himself a few times in the face. And is like, but let's take ah, you have people to play for. You have food to eat. And he grabs his stuff and continuing to lie to himself that he has a life to live. He goes over to the the trap door, opens it up, and uh, he's going to begin his evening gig. I have a question. Would that be blunder into a bad situation, totally unprepared?
2: I mean, only if it's a bad situation. Let's let's see if we can make it a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, who's who's at the gig? <laughs> what are you unprepared for?
0: Victor's definitely there, and I think the schoolgirls are there as well because this is like they think that maybe Gittel is uh, Gittel is like around here, so they're just walking around looking. And if if Yakov comes down. I think one of them will does so Yakov's Yakov's so this is what I think. Uh, feel free to like say no. But like the tavern's like pretty full, you know, soldiers, all, all sorts of people. And I think once Yaakov comes down and approaches the stage, one of the schoolgirls points at him and says, Hey, it's that guy who's near the dead body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would definitely count as a bad situation. <laughs> hey, it's that guy who's near the dead body <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stopped in the tracks, eyes wide open, thinking of a lie, yeah. thinking of a story to and tell. And
0: Victor's there as well. His eyes like widen. <laughs>
2: and there are soldiers in the in the audience. Are these the actual Russian soldiers who like not just the the baron's men are out with Eli now? and yeah. These are the actual Russian soldiers who are just like, yeah. of course, in the tavern drinking.
0: I'm gonna make it even worse for Yakov. These are the soldiers under the lieutenant who were under the lieutenant.
2: These are the lieutenants, <laughs> right? Of course, the lieutenant's yeah, these are alone. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. He's in town
2: with his, his uh yeah, these are his oldest, you know, yeah. uh, guys.
0: The oldest, dearest soldiers. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, so I am barging into the church. Is Father Theodore there?
4: Yeah, Father Theodore is in the church. What day is it? It's a Wednesday, let's say. But like there's often <laughs> church services Marketing. on Wednesdays. Yeah. But Yeah, Father Theodore is there. Um, He's just by himself. There's not currently any service happening. He's just tidying up.
5: What's
2: Father Theodore like?
4: Father Theodore is a kindly looking man. He's about 35. He's been in the church for a while, been a pastor for a while, but he's not like one of the seasoned members. He kind of got appointed to the stadel just to keep an eye on things. It wasn't like his it wouldn't have been anybody's first choice, it's kind of where you send people who maybe aren't as uh, as high up in the ranks, so <laughs> they don't have as mm-hmm. much say. Yeah. But not the, like, total newbies, so that they know what to do. Yeah, so, yeah, he's a nice guy, um, yeah.
2: Okay, so I am still under the influence of the, the ghost of the lieutenant who told me to be suspicious of Father Theodore. Yes. And so... I march in through the pews. And also, I'm feeling like I was wrong to come back here. I'm a fool. I will never, you know, my father didn't even know me, by the way. My life is ruined. And it was it, it was a masquerade to think I was here. And I actually am only who the, I mean, I'm possessed by the lieutenant, basically. Yeah. And I believe he's, he's gotten in my head. And I believe that I am only who he made me. And that probably Father Theodore killed him. So I, I march over and grab Father Theodore by the front of his cassock. And slam him up against the wall. Am I doing anything particular here? <laughs> <laughs> and I demand an explanation from someone. Ah. <laughs> Getting a lot of mileage out of that. Um, <laughs> and I say,
5: what happened to the lieutenant? What have you done?
4: Unhand me, sir. What What do you, what, what do you mean what happened to the lieutenant? He, he...
5: knows. What do you know?
4: I I don't... Um, uh, the lieutenant's daughter is meant to get married here on- on Sunday?
5: The lieutenant is dead!
4: Oh! Um, okay?
5: And his ghost told <laughs> me you were suspicious!
4: <laughs> Why? There is no such thing as ghosts.
2: There's no such thing as ghosts?! What do you call that?! I point to the crucifix.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. The Bible specifically says that the He didn't get up, he was down and he was up! What? Am I wrong? The Bible says that there are no ghosts. That's what they filled my head full of. Six years in Canton School. This is a this is a heretical statement. There are no such thing as ghosts. I will have to ask you to leave this holy building.
2: Why does the ghost tell me you were suspicious? I look around. Is there any communion wine, by any
4: chance? I'm gonna say yes. Sure. Yeah, he was getting ready for the Wednesday night whatever.
2: For the, for the, yeah, Wednesday night mass. I pick up yep. the communion wine and pop the cork. <laughs> I'm, getting drunk at the, I'm getting drunk at the worst possible time. <laughs> I chuck the communion wine.
0: Holy damn.
2: I say, look, look, I'm a reasonable man. I'm not saying you killed him. I'm just saying, why does this ghost thing got that you're suspicious?
4: Well, if you had a vision for whatever reason that I... You know, but anything negative about me, the lieutenant would think, it might be because...
2: Why is his daughter getting married in a church in the shtetl? That's no better church?
4: The truth is, the lieutenant's daughter was planning on marrying a Jew, and...
2: And he's allowing this?
4: Yes. I don't understand it myself, but they wanted me to perform this marriage between a Jew and a Christian, and it's possible that he didn't think I would go through with it. The
5: Jew is converting? Is staying a Jew? Where will they live? It's like
2: a, it's like a donkey marrying a peacock. I'm not <laughs> sure who's the donkey knows the peacock.
4: <laughs> I know. They were planning on building a cottage on the outskirts of the forest, somewhere separate from everywhere else, and live off the land, I guess, in secret, you know, without paying taxes to... <laughs> I... Uh... Why
5: would he agree to
2: this? The lieutenant and I knew. They must have had some hold on him.
4: I don't know. I thought maybe it was out of some sort of sick version of love, but to throw away your daughter that way and her, to throw away her soul that way, I don't know.
5: Why did you say yes? I
2: take another swig from the communion wine. What did he have on you, eh?
4: The truth was, if he thought that I wasn't going to go through with it, he would be correct. I wrote to the church. I wrote to my colleagues back home, and I told them about this, and they were going to stop the wedding. Mm.
5: But to stop it publicly, that would be quite a scandal for someone, I'm sure. I know. Maybe there's another way to stop it.
4: You're not suggesting. They wouldn't
5: have... So maybe you did kill him. Me? Not on purpose, but you sent the letter.
4: Well, I can't be held responsible for something someone else has done. Can't you? That's not on my soul.
2: Were you naive? What do you think they would do? Just show up and say, oh, well, let's let everyone know a Jew is going to marry a Christian in this church. He'd be a laughingstock. You'd be a laughingstock. You know who it was. It's one of his men. One of his trusted men. You
4: think so? Wouldn't
5: let him go through with
2: a thing like that. Must have been.
4: That sounds reasonable.
2: Well, thank you for your time. Now I know who to kill.
4: (laughs) Sir, I... Jesus says that thou shalt not kill under any circumstances. Except in war. Which, of course, is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate it.
5: (laughs) And you think war ends?
4: Well, you are a soldier. I suppose that's what you do. Yes. May God have mercy on your soul. Mm.
5: Seems unlikely. I'll pray for you. You do that.
2: Also, since I have so many tokens and nothing to do with them, (laughs) I glare at this priest, represents everything I hate, this cross on the wall, the years that I was forced to listen to this bullshit. I'm holding his communion wine, which I'm taking with me, by the way. (laughs) I holster my gun and it does occur to me that this priest uncomplainingly is here in the ministering to these Jews that he tried to do the right thing in this situation and then he just you know without blinking an eye stood up to this drunken soldier with a gun pointing a gun in his face so I fall in love <laughs> which is a strong move
0: <laughs> I was not expecting that <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's that <laughs> I hear wedding bells. so <laughs> I yeah so I I take another swig of a communion run and I say well I'll be back if I live And I leave.
0: When you're leaving, do you look back ever or do you just keep going?
3: I I look back. You look back and you see in your mind's eye all of the other places of worship that you and your platoon raided. And all you see is just ruins and you blink twice and you look back and the church is fully formed. The glass is no longer scattered along the ground the, for the priest in front of you, the one that you fe- have a little bit more respect for, was no longer um, stabbed through the heart and shot through like you just saw moments before um, while looking back and it's back to its normal self as you relive a memory through
1: the unseen world. And as you like turn, leaving the memory and like step one foot outside the church, Chaya's right there. <laughs>
4: What does Haya want from Avram? Will Yakov and Victor avoid suspicion? And who killed the lieutenant of the regiment? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel.
0: If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. We would also like to thank our patrons. Benjamin Tay, Adrian, Jesse Wesson, Bonnie Cohen. Thank you all for your support. We could not do it without you. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.